<laughs> my name is J.Y.D. And I like to model in my spare time. Yeah. Don't tell nobody I told you this, but uh, in my spare time, I just look at myself in selfie mode. Mm. In selfie mode. <laughs> Who's that? J-Rod D. And I'm G. You're now tuned into the Pro Life Podcast. Hosted by none other than Nuance. How's everybody doing What's today? What's going on, man? Good evening to everyone. Good morning if you watch it from different coastlines and all that jazz. All that good stuff, We're man. We're headed now. We got a pretty good episode set up for y'all today, man. We're going we gonna, we gonna to take it a whole other level than what we've been doing so far. This is episode eight. Hey. Episode eight. We almost in the double oh, digits. Jump. This is, oh, this, is, this is a beautiful history we're making for ourselves right now. Yes, love. Um, and, and speaking of history and everything like that, we want to speak about more about our journeys as poets and how, you know, we, we draw things and, and, and learn things and grow and develop as artists and all that good stuff. So question I want to start us off with is um, how has poetry helped you to discover and define more of who you are? Like I break it down now that you found poetry and you're pursuing it more. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it changed your view on life? You know what I mean? How has it first of all helped you discover um, what your view is? You know what I'm saying? How to shape that and define that. But also, most importantly, how has it helped you define who you are? You know? For me, man, it, it kind of just gave me a solid foundation. Because a lot of times when when you're young and you just you, you have no idea of what you're going to become, what you're going to do, mm-hmm. you don't have a foundation or mm-hmm. you feel like that. You haven't really found your purpose, I should say. Mm-hmm. So poetry for me was that push that this is where you can be at. This is where you belong. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily going to be safe here always because you're going to have to put yourself out there. But that's life. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to take the risk. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're gonna have to do something different because that's how you evolve. Yeah. If you do the same thing over and over, you're not going to get no results. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. You know? But poetry made me more confident. I was a very shy kid. I did not like, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't like to talk to people because I just didn't know how. So it was once like, what was once just buried in my notebook and buried just in my head and mm-hmm. napkins and just bits of pieces of papers are now being spoken. Mm-hmm. And I'm comfortable with that now. Yeah, yeah. At first I was not. What about you? Uh, for me, it helped me discover more of like the direction I wanted to go as far as like, um, I know starting off, uh, I had a lot about like um, my relationship with God and my mm. relationship with uh, you know women I was dealing with at the time, and it's, it's kind of like guided me and helped me discover more about what I was doing because I was able to write from their perspective in most cases. Uh, speaking about um, the ladies in my life at the time, um, <laughs> right from their perspective, and I'm learning about myself to do that and help me be creative in the sense where I was writing from how I was feeling and I was discovering more about the situation I was in. You know, kind of gave me more understanding. Um, and it just helped me to find like a path for myself uh, because I knew I wanted to be a unique poet. I wanted to be a unique individual. Right. And I wanted to be in a position where I was able to stand out and draw positive attention to myself. Um, so I think poetry helped me craft that out because I was thinking like, okay, the words I say on the words I say on stage or the words that I write on this piece of paper have to be able to achieve that goal because I don't want to just write anything. I don't want to just be saying anything for the sake of uh, applause or for the sake of, you know, um, likes and stuff like that. So wow. I want to have something that sets me apart. And I found that my content matter and my delivery, as it grew and changed, um, it also add on to that discovery and that, that the definition of who I wanted to be. So that content, right? Mm-hmm. First starting out, did you know exactly the content that you wanted to have or were you just writing? Um, I didn't know exactly what I was. I, I was writing with a similar theme in mind or with similar themes and motifs in mind. Right. Um, I had like similar topics I always touch upon. Uh, 
I, I didn't really think that I would like I would stay in this lane as far as like speaking on one thing all the time. Okay. It was more of like a. I spoke about it one thing frequently, so I, I kind of got good at it and kind of good at this, you know breaking it down and describing it as a metaphor. So when we want something else, um, and it became more introspective and more open to uh, different views and perspectives. Um, I guess you could say like as, instead of writing as like a from I or me. I would say more like we and our in my poems and mm, you know things like that, changing the tense and changing you know the point of view. So um, the transparency. Yeah, okay. transparency definitely because okay. because as I was as I grew in my writing, I was able to be more confident in addressing things that I've experienced and things that I've uh, dealt with. Okay. Trying to deliver like some kind of remedy. Maybe somebody else was going through this too. I mean, it was just you know, cathartic. What's the word I'm looking for? Catharsis. A catharsis is like a relief. Look, brother, I don't have like a dictionary on me right now. <laughs> More so like a relief for me. I am not the person to ask about nothing catalactic. Cathartic. That's what it was. Catalactic. What was you, though? Man, I feel like I didn't have a certain content. Mm. When I started writing, I was, I, was, I was a kid, man. I was a boy. I didn't know what poetry really was until I started to study it later, like years later. Mm. So I would just be journaling and just writing and what I thought was poetry at the time, which was a mix of music and rhyming and just little short lines. Mm -hmm. And then they just evolved over time. And, yeah. and my context started to be from about like, I used to write a lot of the love poems, bro. I'm not even gonna front. I wrote a lot of love poems. <laughs> oh man flashback of the day but it then it evolved to like things that happened and my emotions and how I was feeling at the time and what I would see and just current events and all that jazz and mm. just wanting to be heard Angry poems started to be my thing for like a short mm -hmm. period of time. And I was having this conversation earlier where it's just like people are so good at writing in one element, like one emotion. Like if you're if you started out writing and in pain and you wrote through your pain, then you were happy. Could mm -hmm. you still write? Right. That's a good question. Could you still have that same powerful context of like, yo, these bars really hit as hard as the you know what I'm saying the, yeah. people, the ones that people are used to me writing. Or can you, like do you freeze up? Based on your emotion, based on like the situation that you're going through. Like prime example, right before mm -hmm. we became nuanced, and before like we just were climbing that ladder of, of being like dominant poets in this game. We were young. Mm -hmm. Right? We were, you know, we were young, we were just starting, we were eager, we were green, we were wet behind the ears, whatever you want to call it. And we just wrote. Now, I feel as though that, like, we still write, but now we have a direction. Mm -hmm. We have a, we have an image. We have that certain, what's the word? I'm going to say intensity. Okay. For the time. Like, we have a certain intensity about the pieces individually. I can say that says we're gonna really explain and paint this picture for whoever's listening, whoever's reading this, because we want you to get it. We want to we want you to feel what was going on in our minds when we thought about it from the first go. Yeah. You know? Before we didn't have that. For me, the context I think is like a, you ever see one of them uh rubber band balls? Mm -hmm. They had to start from somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to grow into whatever. Yeah. Yeah, start with, like, each of those things had to start with one rubber band. So, like, just imagine how, like, the, the, the ideas from when you first started writing up until now. My goodness, like, now you can just, we can give each other topics. Like, yo, like, you remember how we used to do, like, what, one, two years ago? Like, yo, I got this topic, I got this idea, let's, let's see if we can write to it. Mm -hmm. And we would kill it. Mirror Man. Yeah, yeah. Mirror Man, uh, Broken even. Like, man, wow. For those of you who don't know Mirror Man and Broken, we do have those out on YouTube. Just follow uh, Nuance. You'll see them. 
it's pretty dope. Black Boy too. Mm-hmm. Black, Black Boy is probably one of my favorite poems that we did. Y'all, uh, I met up with Damo today, man. Shout out to Damo. Shout out to Damo, man. Uh, I met up with Damo today. We was talking about um, you know, different things, and uh, one of the things he brought up was like a black boy and how the line I wrote last my son last night, and I I wrote that poem before I even knew I was about to have a son, and so just mm. you know it's kind of like a kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy because now I gotta teach my son you know what I wrote the letter to him, but I gotta show him that letter, um, and just show him you know break down. The wisdom that I had inside of that, which is a good thing, and I think that just speaks to the discovery and the definition of my art and impact it's had on my own life. Because yeah. now I'm going through, now as I grow my own experiences, being that I teach in schools and everything like that, I see young men. I say, you know what? If I have a child, this me speaking at the time. If I have a child, uh, mainly a son, I want to be able to say this to him and show him this. So when we wrote, wrote that poem, it just felt authentic. And now in a position where I have a baby boy and I'm looking at him every day and seeing that he's growing and moving and crawling and rolling around all that stuff. How long are we on now? Five. Five? Five months. Five months. Shout out to Miles, my main man. Um, just, just watching him. Now I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a whole different position. Too, man. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm in a whole new, new position in life, in a position as a, as a, as a man, uh, as an artist. And so it, it reflects in my art. What's so, up? What? Now... Because before, mm-hmm. I feel like you may have had like a different mindset as a, as a writer, as a poet, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But now that you're like a father, you're a family man, you know what I'm saying? You have like this empire that you're building. Mm-hmm. How has that been something that has impacted you as a poet? Uh, it, it just keeps me mindful of, of the things that I say. Because now I'm thinking about um, anything I say right now, my son can easily have access to and it can easily reflect on my family. Wow. So, you know, what I, what I do say, I try to make sure that uh, I'm monitoring my words more and that uh, the content I'm, I'm portraying is more mature and is more appropriate for who, where I am in life. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I don't want to be talking about things I'm not doing or try to perpetuate a stereotype anymore. Not anymore or at, at all, period. Pardon me, at, at all. Um, I want to be more more authentic in this because now I have, I have something that, uh, that, I, that I can speak for. Um, that's more heavier, more more heavier, more uh, weightier to carry now, you know. And I don't want to be a bad representation of that representation. So of that. if you hypothetically, right, mm-hmm. were at like a seminar of some sorts, okay, where there was you you were you had this platform and you were speaking to brothers who are now new fathers who are now just observing their craft, whether it be poetry, whether it be music, whether it be fashion, whatever they choose to do. What like from based off what you learned from the very first moment that your son was born up until this point, what is something that you could say to them or just encourage them to do or just even like words of acknowledgement? You see what I'm saying? Uh the acknowledgement is in the sense that, you know, once once it's here, it's here now. And now it's, it's, it's no denying or running or hiding. You either have to, you, you, you do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing would be, if possible, please maintain a relationship with, you know, the child's mother. If you guys are together, please make sure that you do what you got to do to make it better. Because um, during those times, especially post-pregnancy, a lot of women can get depressed. Uh. Postpartum depression is pretty real. And so you want to be able to be in a position where you can be that rock for her because... She may be feeling all kind of things because it changes, you know, the body and then, you know, mentally and then she's been tired and now she's up early and staying up late and checking on a baby hand or foot because it's still young and it's fresh. And um, you want to make sure that you're available for that, um, present for that. And if you can make sure that relationship is maintained, I think a lot of a lot of the stress would be alleviated in the long run and bring you guys closer. I know my grandmother told me uh, when my son first got here, he told me, my grandma told us she was like a... Uh, I know, I know Miles is here, but make sure you guys are still together. And um, I dig that. I knew what she meant when she was saying because she was like a lot of times um, when a child comes to the picture, it, it can kind of tear things up because people have different agendas. Mm. And when a child comes, everything changes, you know? Yeah. So you have, to be, you have to acknowledge that change first and foremost and recognize that change is going to happen. Um, but you got to be on the side that's for the better. 
Don't I you come out of that like gold and not I come out of that like, you know. Yeah, man. So how do you juggle that, man? Like, okay, you're, uh, you're a full-time teacher, full-time parent. You got love of your life there. And then your poetry. Mm-hmm. How do you juggle, like, everything? How how has those pillars, I could say, because they are pillars, I mm-hmm. feel, enhanced? Like, do, did they enhance your writing? Did they, do you feel like you kind of shot away from your passion? Or is it something that it was just art? It's always going to be there. It's, it's never going to leave you, like, as far as the poetry is going. Um, it definitely helped me write more focused pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pieces I've... I've written now have been more focused on different themes relative to my experience now um so speaking about uh like pieces like sacred stage recognizing that when you come on the stage and present your poetry like if you're not ready the stage can be sinking sand and you don't want to try to build a foundation on sinking sand so you want to try to come off 100 percent with you know everything ready to go um, just so kind of like well, that's my to my experience now now I think I think what I'm in now is is for, informing my poetry and my point of view more than before because I have a lot more to talk about it's more detail it's more <laughs> it's more uh, it's more specific and I think it I think it's more grown so so I, so as I go to different venues I can speak to people who uh, may have been in that situation that can relate to that situation now I like that yeah that's groovy man that's groovy. Now, being your brother, like, you know what I'm saying, like, you do a lot, and I just, I learned from, like, you and, and Cal and even Christoph, who was just, if y'all don't know Christoph, man, he need to be, he he should have his own Wikipedia page by now, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it's crazy, but uh, it's motivational. Yeah, yeah. It allows me and it challenges me also to be like, yo, I have a solid, like, arsenal of brothers Mm -hmm. who are really like brothers that will, you know, they have their foundation, they're building, they're growing, and they have their families now, Mm -hmm. you know, that strengthens my pen. That helps me to see, like, okay, so write about that. Mm-hmm. Because it's a feeling for me, man. And like, the joy I have was just seeing, the first time I ever seen you hold your son, it was, mm-hmm. it was just beautiful. I was like, wow. Because I know that was like a goal. Yeah, yeah. That was a passion. That was like a, a dream, even, you know? Dream come true. Yeah, yeah. Even with Cal, man, you see the glow in his face when you mm-hmm. see when he's holding his son and. That peace of mind that you have, from just speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. when you see your brothers that, like you just watch, just matriculate and just chip away at themselves, the negative things about the character that they didn't like. That's a poem. Mm-hmm. That is a like a whole piece that you can use and you can just inspire people, man. Like, yeah, it don't look all rainbows and sunshine right yeah. now. You're gonna go through some storms. You're gonna have it's going to be your turn to, to witness some hard times and turmoil. But this here is worth it. Definitely. Even if it's not yours, you still can celebrate that. I think like, okay, what is it? Uh, it, it isn't the victory after all, but the fight the brother makes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or it takes a man to stand and cheer while the other brother starts. Yeah, yeah. That part. Man, what? You got to cheer. Because there's not enough of us to cheer. Yeah. I feel, you know, because, and we see that, man, it's that crabs in the barrel, especially when it comes to those who are trying to make it in their passion. So, like, back to the situation at hand, and it, it, it brings me to that appreciation stage of why us as poets have, cannot really be too judgmental with other people's craft. Because mm-hmm. if, they, if they're bold enough to share their voice like we are, and they go on that sacred stage that we write about, and they feel like they're ready, but you know, we can't critique them based off of, you know, what we know and what we know ourselves to give to the sacred stage. Mm-hmm. I feel as though that it's more so of a, a, a an inspiration thing from what you do. Like when we're sitting there and we're sitting in the crowd and we're just watching people 
speak their truth. Whether it be like written something or they like we was watching what, what was that bus boys mm-hmm. and people was just like reading mm-hmm. other people's stuff. That's like that can serve as a testimonial to mm-hmm. what they may be going through. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in the back. We, at first, we were unsure. Well, I was unsure. I can only speak for myself. It's like okay, like because we used to people just writing their own thing and just delivering that, but we saw something else. Mm-hmm. And that let me know, like yo. Either he actually really, he or she really likes that poem, or that particular piece spoke to them in a different way that they needed to share that with somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So, have you ever been in a position where you were, you were speaking a piece, or delivering one, I should say, and you, you, you look amongst the crowd and you, you kind of felt some energy? from somebody in the crowd where it felt like they were like in tune or they were so like at the edge of their chair focused on what you were saying like to the point where you just had to make sure that you delivered that piece even more you you get where I'm kind of yeah, like navigating you, to you, you know what I'm saying because it's like we've been in those situations I feel like where we were just we delivered a piece and we felt like nobody really felt it mm. and then we felt on the other side we're like we got a lot of feedback and this, that, and the third, but there to me, there's that, like, there's one or two people that really feel that. Mm-hmm. That's why when we pray before each, you know, each uh, show, mm-hmm. we say, uh, if we can reach at least one, yeah, then we good. Do you ever felt like you saw that one in the crowd or you felt that one, that, like, you didn't even have to see their face, but you felt that that was for somebody there? Go, hey, I gotta really, you know, let you know about this. Um, I, I know I had experiences where I was, I was, I was doing my thing, and there was somebody, somebody that was really engaged, and uh, it, it definitely, it definitely encouraged me and kept me like, it actually made me step up in the middle of the piece. So I kind of like turned up a little more just to make sure that I delivered it the best way I could, and that was that, that was encouraging to me. Um, but you know some 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 pieces or some experiences I had where I was delivering a poem, mm-hmm. uh, I I kind of felt like this need to be said. So it was kind of like, well, I don't care if you like it or not. I'm just gonna say it, and that was inspiration enough for me because I knew that at the end of the day, yeah, exactly, somebody need to hear this, or if anybody need to hear it, I I need to say it because I I need to hear it for myself. Gotcha. Um, which reminds me of like you know again like discovery and definition as an artist. Um, there's a piece that I wrote in my first book. Uh, uh, Sophia, by the way, you can find it on blurb.com link. Well, it's not my bio right now. Poor Life Pocket is my bio right now, but uh, definitely want to contact me about any copies of Sophia. Also, Solomon is on the way soon. On the way. Check that out. Uh, but I, I had a piece. Like the showcase person. Yeah, <laughs> I had a piece. I was talking about um insecurity, and I think like for real, for real. Man, it it came from a time when I was definitely struggling. Uh, I guess personally, with like you know self um, determination, of tr- yeah, tr- trying to figure out what I wanted to do, as far as like life, and there was time when I didn't really have a job, and I was working for you know place I didn't want to work at, and you know what I'm saying millennial type stuff, you know what I mean, but just more so like trying to trying to find myself as a man, mm. um, and it goes like I've been a slave. It's called it's called head chains. So on page nineteen of uh, Sophia, collection of poems by J.R.I.D. Had chains. <clears throat> it says, I've been a slave to the validation of others, wishing I was another, or wishing I was a brother of mine who I deemed better in comparison and contrast to my gas, more cleaner than colognes that I've been wearing. That was before I met myself, before I met the man in the mirror, even now I find myself battling still. And I kind of wanted to address just, in that small little piece, yeah, I've been a slave to validation, um, thinking about the concept of assurance. I mean, it's like a biblical concept. A lot of people struggle with uh, the thought that, okay, will this action lead to wrath or punishment from God? Will this action lead to some kind of negative effect? Um, or, you know, a lot of people fear going to hell, things like that. That assurance, that assurance, P, I think, is a universal concept. Assurance is like knowing that regardless, you're good. Mm. At the end of the day, you're covered, you're, 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 you're protected, you're straight. Um, and to even push it a little bit further, I think uh, 
to to exceed that need for assurance leads to insecurity. It leads right. to a sense that you need validation, you need acceptance, you need longing, you need guidance, you need direction, and you can't really find that stuff unless you really take a deep dive into who you are. You know what I mean? So I've been a slave to the validation of others, wishing I was somebody else, wishing I was a brother where I felt better than myself. But then I had to look in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Be like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm who I am. I can't be you. I can't be them. I can't try to please everybody. I just got to make sure I'm good. Man. You know what I'm saying? Man. And, and, and again, at the end of the day, I found myself balanced too. It's, 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 it's still a battle because it's more responsibility nowadays. Wow. You know? Wow. So wow. With, with that responsibility, you got to make sure you uh, are on point. Yeah. But I just, like I said, poetry has helped me voice these these thoughts because without it, I probably will be keeping it in my head, not really having an outlet. Um, I was talking to my good friend, my good my good brother, Randy. I was talking to him and he was like, uh, you know, and, and you said it before in a podcast episode with Orville, you were saying as black men, we don't really have outlets to really, really communicate and express how we really feel. Yeah. Now we can address certain things, we can say, you know, you have to, you know what I'm saying, have somebody at least in your corner. And yeah, that's good. We have people you can definitely talk to about certain things. But when it comes down to the stuff that you really feel like you can't talk to nobody, mm. you know what I mean? You got to find an outlet for that. So, that being said, uh-huh. right, do you feel like being self-invested in your art is more important than having a, a backing of some sort, a following. Like, what's 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 more? What has more weight to it? Being able to just be a self-starter, self-invested, meaning that you 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 wake up and this is on your mind. Mm-hmm. No one needs to inspire you. You don't need a different outlier to just say, "Hey, get up and do this," or you don't have to reach for. A, a video or a piece of paper to read or somebody to really push you mm. or, or pull you mm. to say, hey, come this way because this is where your passion is. That's the self-starter. That's the self-invested person to say like, okay, you, you don't have to hype my stuff. Mm. I'm going to hype my stuff because I like what I'm writing. Or do you feel as though that, you know, it's 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 more a way to have that following, especially in a... Uh, in a social media type yeah. generation that we're in, you know the followers and the likes uh-huh. give you that boost of confidence. Like, yo, we got a, we yeah, got a yeah. couple hundred likes, got a couple hundred. You know what I'm saying? So, which 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 weighs more? Which you which more? Which do you feel is more authentic, man? Because for me, if if I'm honest, the likes and the views give you that feeling of man, I'm being hurt. Like, I'm being really, like, people are paying attention to me. Yeah. It's not just me, like, in the room talking to nobody. Mm. People actually, like, are, are digging what I'm saying. Now, and then it's like, okay, do I need that to help motivate me? Mm. Do I need that to, you know, really keep my brand going? Or am I self-starter? If you were to, uh, if you were to stop investing in yourself, do you think the support would still would sustain you? Honestly, in today's time, no, because people have such a short attention span. Mm. Like in sixty seconds, you can be the next big thing, and in sixty seconds, you can be history. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. People can forget about you that fast. Oh, what have um, you done for me now? Yeah, well, yeah. Like, now. Never mind lately. Yeah. Now. Because people, like, we are in that now generation where it's just like, it just happens so fast. Shiggy show. Yeah, Shiggy got a Shiggy challenge now. Shiggy he, challenge. He's he doing numbers now. You know? Doing numbers. He's he finally, finally got a blue check. Breakfast Club, Ebro in the morning, he's doing his thing. Everything. He got a blue check on Instagram. And he's been around... For a minute. Yeah. But it took one little trend, one random thing that he chose to do that got him on a on a bigger platform. That's the difference between somebody who's motivated and somebody that's waiting to be moved. 
Speak on it. Like, so somebody was motivated, somebody was waiting to be moved. Let's somebody waiting to be moved. It's kind of like they, they don't really have that drive or the drive isn't strong enough. The passion is strong enough for them to keep on going despite obstacles and odds against them. Somebody that's motivated, they have that fire that's continually burning and they continually fanning that flame to keep it going. Um, somebody has a question in the comments said, are your poetry more, is your poetry more about your personal thoughts or your environment? Um, I'm answering that question right after this too. Uh, so the person who's motivated, you know what I mean, they're, they're more inclined to uh, get up and, and like Big Sean say, he's still getting up more like the rents do. He, he's already paid, yeah. but he's he, he ranking up in the morning like, <laughs> I gotta get I, this, I, I gotta, gotta get the rent. Yeah, I gotta get it. I like um, that. And I think that, that just goes to show for his passion. Uh, to answer the question in the comments, it says, like, is your poetry more about your personal thoughts or your environment? I would say it's kind of like a mix of both uh, because I think my thoughts are just, you know, what I'm gathering from my environment. And mm. my environment can also be what I'm shaping by my actions, you know what I mean? So I try, to, I, try to, I, I try to find a way to bring both together to have like a whole cohesive, you know, um, you know, a piece to give to somebody for real, for real, so that they can see what's going on. At least get a glimpse of what's happening. Um, yeah. What do you think, though, the difference between a mo motivated and somebody that's waiting to be moved? Motivated comes from within. Self-motivation. Right? Mm -hmm. Easy. And I think it takes a while to be self-motivated because if you don't have anybody to teach you, then you are looking at different resources and how they get self-motivated and you're practicing their methods until you establish your own. Versus like, what was the second part? Give me the uh, terminology. Somebody waiting to be moved. Somebody waiting to be moved is stagnant. Mm. Like, I'm going to sit here until somebody comes along and likes what I do or says that I can do what I want to do mm. or what I, I feel like I can do, but I've never really spoke life into it. Yeah, yeah. That's scary because you live with that what if. Mm. Somebody who's waiting for, like, if I was waiting for, for nuance to evolve, we probably wouldn't have been nuanced. Mm. Or you. If you was waiting for nuance to, to get here. Mm. But instead, we was just like, you know what? We're going we gonna to do this. We're going to be J-R-I-D. We're going to be G off to the side in our own realms. Mm. And then God just, you know what I'm saying, the stars aligned. It was beautiful. Now, how we did that, I think it was, it was challenging, excuse me, for myself at first because I like I'd never been a part of a team mm. before when it when it came to delivering something I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I, I felt like I had to belittle myself and be like, okay, now it's not just you delivering this, it's you and your brother. So make sure that everything like you can't like half step any any piece. Because he's gonna come with it every time. And then he, he for lack, like, if we're, if, if we're honest, let me just backtrack. Jay was always the self-starter of the group. Jay was always the, you know, the spearhead of a lot of things. And then it encouraged me to be like, all right, step aside. Let me, let me spearhead some things. Mm -hmm. Let me just tag me in. Mm -hmm. That, you kind of need that because I'm a visionary. You give me the topic and then I go on and branch out to what I think it could be. And he's open-minded, we're both open-minded, and it just works. And then we switch roles. Because mm. sometimes you'd be like, okay, what you got? Uh, or I will hit you with something like, yo, I got something I've been working on. Mm -hmm. Let me kick it to you. And then we just go straight from there. Like, uh, Five Fingers. Yeah. Five Fingers ended up being one of our best pieces that we love to, to perform because it was just like, it had that energy, it had yeah. that feel. You know? And then I feel like that was one of the ones that just like magnified the transparency element in the room like that we started to evolve and develop as a team. Like you may have always had it, but I, I didn't. Mm. Just like I always had the visionary piece, but you may have not. Mm. It's, 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 that, it's that much. Like I got some questions over here too. Okay. Like, one question was, how do you plan to use your art to shape the next generation of black males? 
I think it's speaking from a, a more of a positive example. Speaking of more of a, um, first of all, given given exactly how it is, like like not trying to play around with it or make it seem like it's better than what it is or worse than what it is, but given exactly how it is, I think I think just just being being real with mm. someone can save someone's life. And when it comes to being a, a poet, uh, you definitely want to make sure you're not fluffing it up. Because of course we have the words and the vocabulary, and we can definitely use the dictionary and you know make that thing work and add the little feathers and everything to it to make it to make it nice and buttery. Uh, but at the end of the day, with all that, because that's good, that's good for the aesthetic. But with all that, you want to be able to deliver it in a way that's straight, that's straight, you know. Straight, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. Straightforward. Yeah, it's, it's, I would say the same thing, man. Yeah. Be straightforward with it. Be personal, like pull it though. I would to in order to, to help shape those next poets, especially in uh, in Black America. You have to be straightforward because everything else feels so sugar coated or watered down to them. They need something that's just really concentrated. Another thing I would say is this, right? Yeah, yeah. Because even with uh, music, and again, I was talking to my brother Demo. Nemo was saying um, he did a social experiment with his with his class. He's doing a summer summer enrichment program. He's doing right now. Uh, he teaches in D.C. and so he did a social experiment. And they had to like write down um, a song that impacted them and the artist. They write the, the artist and the song, and I think he tallied up what the topics were: was it violence, was it about love, was it about something else? And um, a lot of the songs that the students chose were about violence. That you know, impacted them. They felt were important to them. They they love those songs the most. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And it, it kind of just gives you a little a little uh, perspective or glimpse of what's what's going on in the lives of the youth for real. From 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 you know where 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 they stand. I feel that. And I think you know trying to come at that as, as a poet, you want to be able to give them the message, but you don't want to make it too messagey. You want to find <laughs> a you know find a way that is catchy. That it's like it's like okay, and passing by, I heard that and, and caught on. I remember that. Perfect example would be, um, you know, artists that we know that like Drake makes probably the most catchiest songs I know. I'm not saying you gotta be Drake, but I'm saying think about how he has a lot of things that you can just think about. Quotables, I guess you can Quotables, say. Quotables, yeah, that's good. That's and, a good way to put it. And that's one thing I try to work on, like having having something that somebody can quote afterwards. You know, so, so I may memorize a line, I may try to get the, the way I say it just right, the cadence is right. Man. Like, you know, we do five fingers, and it's, it's a lot of things that people can remember from that joint. Like you can't you can't be out here claiming chief if you're so willing to leave your tribe high and dry in the end, run it back. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean. You yeah, can't yeah, be so yeah, willing yeah. to claim chief if you wouldn't leave your tribe high and dry in the end. You know, so it's kind of like that play on words right there. But you think about it, okay, in the end, okay, tribe. Oh, in the end, oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, but I get it now. You can't leave your tribe high and dry. Yeah. If you claim it to be chief, okay, I, 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 I it makes sense now. It makes sense. So stuff like that, that's gonna, I feel is gonna be important with poetry. As it always is, but more so for more examples um, of guys who are doing things outside of the mic, right? Yeah, I got another one. Go ahead. As grown men now, what emotion would you say is hard for young black men to talk about? And how have you decided to write about it yet? Or, and have you decided to write about it yet? Excuse me. So I'll say it again. As grown men now, mm -hmm. what emotion would you say is hard for young black men to talk about? And have you decided to write about it yet? Me, if I'm honest, depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I wouldn't even say young black men. I would just say black men in general. In general, yeah. Because we don't address depression mm -hmm. as much as I think we should. And it's something that, you know, it's, it's very under the surface. Because black men, are, I feel, and this is just my perspective, black men are taught like, you know what I'm saying, don't cry, you know, be tough. Ever since we was little boys, mm. like, you know what I'm saying, you, you get knocked down and you get a scrape, you can't sit there and cry about it, rub some dirt on it and you be good. Up until like your teenage years, you know what I'm saying, you get that puppy love and then she dumped you, you be like, oh man, yeah, yeah. They just, that's just a girl. Yeah. There's more fish in the sea. Yeah. You know, up until when you grown and you looking for a job, look, 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 young brother, 
the man want the man want to see us down. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna yeah. try to put us down. Yeah. You just gotta, you know, all of that. Like, but they don't net. Like, it never really, all through life, was there was never a sit down. At least now I can't remember where you talked about your depression. You talked about that sadness that may take over. Mm. The 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 things that go in your mind that nobody else knows yeah. because you just you were taught to keep it inside. Uh-huh. So that I think that's the emotion that you know I would like to just shed some light on because it's a lot of both young and old brothers who really need to just open up. We need to create that safe haven. Yeah, I like to put in the category of things that you may feel embarrassed to express mm. in like a public setting. Okay. So I think a lot of times like. There's so many things you can add to that category. Um, depression is one. Um, a lot of things, it could also be fear. It could also be like, <laughs> it, it could be love. You know, you don't want to be seen as like a sucker or a punk because you're like, you know, this certain girl or whatever. It could, be, it could be a few things, but to categorize it, because um, I, I can't really think of too many specific topics, um, but to categorize it, I would say anything a person may feel embarrassed to express in like a public setting because that can keep a lot of people from even expressing anything. And think about poetry, the fact that you're going up to a public setting in front of people and expressing things that you may originally have felt embarrassed to express. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. More, oh, we got more from the Q&A section. Okay. What keeps you going during the times your message is not well received? What are those things you tell yourself in order to keep going? Uh, well received, what do you mean as far as well received? Like people not liking it or people... Uh, them, them crickets. The crickets. Uh, I mean, it could simply be on how I was delivering it. You know, I mean, I, shoot. The time that I could think of when I didn't really get a response that I was looking for, or I feel like I put my heart into this poem and it wasn't really accepted or whatnot. That's tough, man. It, it, it may have been like, That's it. from That's what I remember, it was always either... A flaw I made in like delivery. I may have been nervous up there, or I may not have had enough presence, so I may not have been as a, uh, assertive in, in what I was trying to say. You know, you know, it could have been that. Um, I don't know, man. I like to think that I write about stuff that people would like to hear. You know what I'm saying? But I think yeah. for it might just be like something I may have said or how I may have said it. I feel that. For me, me I like... I try not to think about it too much as far as like why people didn't like it. I'd be like, you know what, man. Eh, all right, you know, it's cool. You know what I mean? But I, you know, it is what it is, but I mean, yeah. I used to overthink that, man. Like, when you sit there and you just, especially if you, you practice that piece mm. and you give it that performance that you felt like was like, yo, I'm about to, you know, I feel like this was great. And you get that. Yeah. And then the next person comes up. Girl, I just want to lay you down. <laughs> And you like, yo! <laughs> and, he, and then you be like, I love it! That's what it was. Yes! Everything ain't for everybody. It just, it just, it just it wasn't your time. For everybody, man. It just it wasn't, wasn't your time. It was just poor timing. Because yeah. that's how they beat us sometimes. Yeah. I think I knocked off my deck. No, I didn't. But anywho, Johnson, crazy. What's the, uh, ooh. Yeah, definitely. What's I tried to definitely say that because. That's yeah. crazy. I seen that more than anything. <laughs> you go up there and be like, all right, bet. You go you do, do your piece. We do it like adult. We do five fingers of black boy. Some oh snap, that was real. Next thing you know, real man. I appreciate y'all just coming in. You know what I'm saying? That was that was dope. All right, so I got something that's gonna make you think, or I got something for the ladies. Do something for the ladies. And as soon as they open that up, it's like the floodgates open. Everybody's going crazy. You're like, bro, like for real? That's that's for real. That's dog. all it took. All we had to do was write something that was just like... That's all it took. Oh, okay, well, shoot. I see the game y'all playing. Bro, do you feel like some of those things is just typical of them pieces? Like, do, like, is it... Do people think poetry is that one-dimensional? I blame Love Jones, man. I was just... Shake my hand, brother, because I was just thinking that nuance, man. <laughs> I just don't understand. I blame Lorenz Tate, man. Lorenz Tate... You owe us an explanation, brother. You gonna be a check, Lorenz. Because say sweet thing, can I be your slave? That's all everybody think about. So especially when we get on stage and yeah. they just think we about to just go over there and try to just whoop the whoop whoop with the whoop whoop. Uh huh. Nah, we got some words for y'all, man. We got something to say. Yeah, definitely a lot more, man. No, like we attractive, but dang, man, we 
we got some things. We have brains too. Lorenz Tate. And I if think that's your real name, say no, it's fine. And and again, man, the whole discovery piece we talking about, and 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 being a self motivated person yeah. in, in art, you know, what I mean, our art form. Shoot, the self motivated poet is like, okay, cool. I mean, that's that's what y'all doing, but I know what I want to do. I know exactly how I want to see my poems, and I know right, man. the approach I want to have, my my purpose. It's not now purpose, keyword purpose, and um, that's the word of the day. People. I guess we can wrap it up with this right here, purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into like what he, what your purpose is. I mean, but but let's just let's just because I mean we can go on all, all day with that, and you may not have like a specific, you know, tightly knit sentence for that one. Um, but let's talk about just purpose in general. Like, it's it's purposeful. Being purposeful and being motivated. How does all this keep you going? Thinking about purpose and what you want to do. You know what? What? What keeps you going with, with poetry? Being able to be vulnerable. Okay. With poetry allows me to redefine that purpose. Mm. Because your purpose may change. Mm. And it like it, it can be a situation that it will keep you stagnant. And I was also having a conversation earlier that was just like, well, what? What? It, what? What are those gray areas that you may feel like where your pen is just not, you and mm. your pen are just not gelling? Mm. And it's hard, man. It's difficult. So I would say just being able to be vulnerable with yourself, like just put it out there. Because you never know who is going through the same thing or who was thinking it, but you said it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Or you wrote it. Mm. And they read it. And it was just like something that was so applicable to what they was going through, or applicable, whatever, how you turn, like how you use it. But it's just like, yo, let, let it go. Yeah. Be honest. Be truthful. And then be free. Yeah. What about you? Uh, so I want to remain accurate. Mm. Thinking about how I paint pictures. And how I develop poems and things like that. I just want to remain accurate because I can, shoot, if I can get somebody as close to that idea or, or concept I'm trying to deliver as I possibly can, the better. Because that means that I'm, I'm pointing them in the right direction. I got you. You know what I mean? So if I, can stay, if I can stay accurate with my work, if I can stay sharp with how I'm looking at things. And, and again, I, humility goes a long way. Yeah. Because... I have to humble myself enough to look at my experiences, look at my environment, and be honest about what's going on. And not just try to make a cool line or a cool bar, but to really be a mouthpiece, really be a, you know, someone that's standing up and, and delivering the truth, you know what I'm saying, the real deal. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, tell the truth, man. Yeah, so I, so I try to make sure I'm staying accurate, man. Accuracy is... And, and that, that keeps me purposeful with my, my poems. Purposeful. That's another thing, purposeful. Being purposeful, yeah, I think. Yeah. What is your purpose? Are you there to just do y'all want this poem or you want that mm-hmm. poem type? Or do you have like a specific desire and a specific vision more so in mind to just say, Hey, this is for somebody that's outside of me that may be feeling the same thing as when I wrote this. Yeah. That's powerful, man. I think honestly at the end of the day, man, I wanna be a resource, you know? Um, a resource for things that'll help people uh, get things in order they need to get in order. I agree. You know what I mean? Like we can, like so. So it's kind of like a give and go. Like if I got something mm-hmm. I pass to you, you go ahead and do what you got to do with the pass back, and you just keep on going to we score. So I think just you know try and make sure well, I'm in that environment because at the end of the day, if I'm not if I'm not having the aim of helping someone, even if it's not everybody, but helping someone, then I feel like I'm not on point with being more purposeful in my art. I feel like I'm just up there just saying stuff and I don't ever want to go up to a stage and I have nothing to say. Just be of no substance. Yeah, yeah. So the substance definitely comes with that, man. Right. I feel like when we walk into a room, we make it our domain. Mm. We make it our business to be there about business. About the business of reaching people, I should say. Because some people just, you know, talk 
they don't talk to be heard. They just talk, you know, hoping somebody just hear, like listens to them, mm-hmm. or they just want that limelight. Yeah, that limelight can get you in trouble because, and that limelight can distract you from what it is you're here to do, your purpose. Yeah, definitely. I used to chase the limelight at one point. Because I thought that was like, when you had the limelight, you was a man. Mm. All eyes was on you. You mm-hmm. had the microphone. Now, it's just like, well, do you need the microphone? Do you need the light? Or can you just use what you have? That's that's how poetry keeps you honest, see? Again, yeah. that poetry keeps you honest with yeah. yourself. Is 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 you gonna check yourself based on just reflecting on a piece you did? Like okay, man, because now you're thinking about what went into that piece and the type of uh, approach you had to that, and the mindset you had going to that, and, right. and what emotional slant that you had when you delivered it. And it's like, man, you now learning more and, and defining more and redefining it. Man, she was. It's, it's it's a journey, man. That's why I like poetry. It's, it's like it's it's really a journey that you're taking. Yo. It's a journey you're taking, man. It's a journey you're taking. It's the poet life, man. The more honest you are, the more authentic you are. I th- I think I think the more uh, really your poems m- will be, and the more empowering and powerful they may be, man. Right, and then you don't start your poem until you start telling the truth. That's real. The truth is the poem. The truth is the poem. Yeah. And that is what I feel like is a true definition of poetry when you really put yourself there to tell your truth. Mm. You share that space with people and you're vulnerable and you walk in your purpose because your purpose, in purpose, I feel like there's some fear there. Mm. There is some like insecurities that you may not have addressed before. There are some, some unveiling moments of mm. yourself. And then there's that, that stage of the unknown. Yeah. Like, will, will people receive this? Mm. Like how how am I gonna say this? Mm. What will I even write? And then you just stop thinking about it and you just go. You go. Beautiful man. Yeah man. Beautiful. Hey, for those for those just tuning in, it's Poet Life Podcast. Yeah yeah. We're wrapping up another episode, episode eight right here. I wanna thank y'all who have been supporting us so far. Also, if you have any questions, we do our Q and A's as well. If you have any questions about poetry, the art. Spoken word, anything about this man, send us those questions and we'll, we'll feature your question on our next QA episode. Once again, I'm J Rod D. And I'm G. You tune into the Poor Life Podcast. Hosted by none other than New one. Peace, y'all. Subscribe.